Hey, what's up, guys? It's Rico here, CEO of Sourcewind Asia, the host of the Made in China podcast and the host of the New World Orders podcast, YouTube channel as well, Sourcewind Asia. And I'm joined by Alan Scanlon. If you don't know Alan, check out the previous podcast that we've done. Um, he's just been on MIC, he's been on the YouTube channel, he's been on our Discord as well. So if you haven't joined our Discord as well, go to sourcewindasia.com slash Discord and and check us out there as well we have exclusive content there a growing community it's pretty awesome to see it evolving we do sometimes um watch parties and stuff like that we watch something related to china and asia uh, documentaries or movies and sort of discuss what's going on there from a cultural standpoint i don't want to be a product of my environment i want my environment to be a product of me Today, it's going to be a more of a free-flowing discussion, but I wanted to start off with a goal that I hit this year. At the beginning of the year, one of my goals was to get a personal assistant uh, or executive assistant, uh, if you will. And so basically somebody to help me with both SFA and you know my my personal stuff. And so yeah, we I recently hired somebody. She's been working for me for two months. Her name is Crystal. And she's she's Filipino, so and she lives in my city. So it's been interesting. It's been an interesting process. Alan, before I jump into things, do you want to say anything about that or? Um, oh, I don't know. Um, good goal to hiss ball and ball and aim with a PA. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, no, no, I'm I'm interested to hear uh, how it's all been, the benefits, I suppose, mm-hmm. um, like what sort of time I, I would imagine the time. That it's given you is probably the biggest the biggest yep. benefit uh, freeing up freeing up more time to to, to more customers and record yep. more content yeah for sure um okay I, I mean actually by the way i think that with the amount of migrant workers in hong kong i don't think it's far-fetched for you to have a business oh yeah 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 not at all um yeah there's yeah there's a huge um Southeast Asian population here. I, I don't know about in terms of that type of work. I, I just haven't looked into it or, or yeah, I wouldn't know to be honest. But like it's it's pretty handy and easy thing to do to having a having a virtual assistant, right? Yeah, VA um, or or yeah. even yeah, somebody in person. For me, it was important for the person to live in the lab just because like you know, the personal side of things. Uh like I remember I, uh, we had some construction going on in the apartment renovations and stuff and repairs because of the apartment upstairs uh, on the 19th floor above us um, had a leak or whatever and messed up our entire kitchen. So like things like that, it's like you're trying to work. And then at the same time, you know, you have like repair people coming in and calling you and things like that. So it's like, even right now, I could be doing a recording with you and then like a repair person would have to come in and do some stuff. So having the the benefits on the personal side have been that those little small things in my life like that she handles now mm, uh, yeah. not everything but smart like she handles so it just alleviates uh, more time for me and then on the business side of things it's 
again, like just reminders. Sometimes if I have a, like a meeting or something like that, maybe even just organizing meetings, like I'll just ask her to, to do that, you know? Um, and then also my, like my general Google calendar stuff, she adds into my Google calendar and then she deletes things if I need her to. And then, um, email management as well because what i've noticed in the past year is that since we've started working on more projects or like for example fuel fuel is like you know there's a lot of constant communication right so i'll check my inbox and have like 50 emails in a day uh, yeah. or maybe sometimes even more and then i don't know what i'm supposed to pay attention to because if you have 50 emails to say obviously not everything here is for me right and one of the things that I've been reading about over the years about like CEOs and stuff like that is that if you, you spread yourself too thin, like you're not going to be uh, accomplishing enough because you're paying attention to too many of the smaller details. And, you know, if it's something that requires your attention, somebody else should be pointing that out to you so that you can basically focus on the CEO uh, duties, which will be in our situation, like, um, you know, approving financial stuff uh, and then the the vision of the company and and, and sort of managing the overall bigger um, picture bigger picture, picture thing yeah exactly so rather than having to re read every single email every day like so i suppose um, the the thing there is though you've got to make sure that your pa is is on top of what she needs to look out for right so there's going to be a bit of kind of hand holding at the start of that process Oh yeah, so that that's the the next part of what I was going to talk about uh, is like the training process has been interesting for me. Again, just going back to the personal things, I'm just thinking about some of the stuff that she's done in the past couple of weeks, just to give people an example. Okay, so I uh, I went on a, a yacht cruise uh, last week, and um, I was planning it for like a month, and uh, she was she was essential in the planning process because I asked her to put together a cost benefit analysis of three, four different uh, yacht companies. Um, and she created this document, uh, which was like amazing. Like I didn't even tell her the uh, criteria. I just sent her an example of what I've done in the past for mm -hmm. previous vacations where I put, I put, put together something like that. And she came up with her own criteria. She honed four yacht companies filled out all the information which was like okay how much does this cost where do we sail from where are we sailing to what's the overnight fee like uh, is food included how many crew members are there like stuff like that and i was like yeah this is pretty fucking awesome because i could have done that but the, i know i know that doing that takes hours it takes yeah. a, a lot of time and it's just like okay well at the end of the day am i going to sit down and spend three four hours creating you know cost benefit analysis for a vacation so yeah, but no, she put it together. You no, know, those that was fantastic, and you know the yacht that she found was great, and the service was amazing, and I have zero complaints about that, and I'm really impressed uh, by her with that regard. Of course, I've still had to teach her like how I do things, like so, for example, sending her the templates, um, and then also just telling her how I would do the research, yeah. and that's just a, a phone call or a text message where it's like go on Google, this and that narrow it down to this this is typically what i would look for and she's pretty receptive to that information so that um so that was great and then currently we are trying to do a christmas party for sfa philippines staff 
episode that should be next week and one of the things i wanted to do because i wanted to i wanted it to be more of like a personal occasion is i, I wanted to hire a chef so um for the for the night but a lot of the chefs that i was looking at from my simple google search were fucking wanting to charge like three four hundred dollars so i was like you know i you know i love the team but like uh you know not on that level yeah. i was like i need to find something cheaper so i asked crystal to start doing research and um she was able to find a chef that is about ten dollars an hour um and most likely will only need that chef for 60 for six hours or seven hours uh like a day so that's going to be pretty decent in terms of the savings on that and then um buying food from grocery stores in the philippines and stuff like that it's not going to be crazy so yeah that was that was pretty awesome like i've been those kind of subtle things where it's like i'm you know i go to sleep and then i wake up and crystal sent me updates a document with chefs and you know information about each chef and the resumes and things like that it's like that's fantastic man it's yeah. a huge benefit so it allows me to to rest in some rest in some aspects and then also it allows me to do more things more quickly you know yeah just that good value adds yeah and um yeah that, i mean that was the goal because uh, at the end of the day it's like you know i'm i, I I, I run the company but i also sort of like i, I run my household <laughs> like, yeah. so so it was like i have a dog and then the, there's the the cat who's who's still here anybody, still any, anybody that wants a cat please message me take take this guy away from me <laughs> like mm-hmm. this crazy street cat um so that the, so with the <laughs> you're not sell, you're not selling him you're not selling him well there he's, I'm not selling him it's for free man like he's no you're there. not no you're not selling him saying he's a crazy street cat like, oh, <laughs> no, he's he's adorable he's an adorable street cat <laughs> you know he, but he comes with everything he's got food he's got he's fully vaccinined uh, <laughs> you know toys yeah like you don't even have to do anything you just have to pick up the cat and take his stuff uh, you know um. Anyway, so like uh, with, with the cat and the dog, for example, the dog, she took Wolfgang to his last uh, vet checkup. Yeah. Um, you know, she took him to to get to the groovers as well, things like that. So, you know, there's all these like small things that would take me, you know, 45 minutes out of my day or an hour out of my day and stuff that she's doing. So like, it's, it's nice. fantastic. Yeah. Good stuff. So would you consider getting a personal assistant? Right now, I don't think I need one, to be honest. Like, I definitely see, like, in terms of when you're getting busier and busier, um, the benefits of just freeing up that bit of time. I don't think I need one at the at my current stage in life, but we'll see. We'll see what happens in the next in the next few years. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it's like um, I was actually talking to my girlfriend, and this is like, I guess, a little bit off topic, not business related, but like <clears throat> related to the personal assistant stuff. I was asking, I was like, so if my personal assistant bought you like our like an anniversary present and stuff like that, how would you feel about it? <laughs> <laughs> because it's like if I just, you know, outsource yeah, that yeah. work and yeah, uh, but you don't you don't say that's your girlfriend. That's I just asked, I asked the I asked the question. I just asked. Mm-hmm. I just I was interested to see what she was gonna say. The same as she said, it's not a good idea. Yeah, she said that. Like, well, it depends. Well, she said it, it depends. It depends. She said <laughs> it depends on the present. It depends on on depends on whether 
I did. I didn't put any effort into it. Like if I didn't think about it, you know what I mean? Like I, if I just said, Hey, go buy her a present. Or if I actually identified the present and then asked her to buy it, mm-hmm. it's different in her mind. So she said, she's, she's okay with like <clears throat> me doing research and then finding like, let's say earrings or shoes or whatever it is. And then telling Crystal to go buy it, but mm. she's not okay if I just told Crystal like, "Hey, our anniversary is coming up, buy her something." <laughs> Here's the budget, <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> so uh, <laughs> it was an interesting conversation, but I I understand it. I think for her, she's saying that the thought is important, like the thought process of me actually thinking about what she wants and things like that. And yeah, yeah, but the physical act of buying it is not really as important yeah okay well what's been going on with you business wise anything you want to share with the made in china audience just kind of getting getting everything in order for the end of the year really kind of it's, it's obviously a, a bit of a slower time of the year for us right with everything everything out i've just been putting out some feelers for 2023 i suppose we could talk about the apollo the apollo.ie email and marketing system we've we've kind of started working on which again was something i i put out there on on the trends group that i'm in put a post up looking for ideas and some inspiration on on how to find new customers and through email marketing and someone recommended apollo which has been great in terms of finding direct emails for the the right people in in companies and then we've done a bit of uh, the, the kind of work from our end, putting together catalogs for specific product ranges. So uh, packaging being one, we're, we're going to put together one for gym equipment. Um, and then we do have our general, our, our larger catalog, but to kind of target specific companies and then really just being testing emails, so testing subject lines, testing the main parts of the emails, the kind of, talking about what people's potential pains are and then the solution and then the call to action and just seeing what what works so there's been a lot of kind of playing around and testing with that but the system apollo.io is i think is great and then the plan is to build out lists of emails that we can target people with with crm and and get out some information and details on on the products we can source Mm. i just yeah i think it's interesting because um I guess with any company, like uh, you have different marketing strategies. And for yeah. us, it's it's always been uh, internal. It's always been like incoming leads. And I think that conversation we've been having in the last one to two years has been, how do we do outreach? You know, mm-hmm. and, yeah. and what are the ways that we can do that? And we've tried a bunch of different stuff in the, in the past two to three years, LinkedIn, uh, marketing, uh, some uh, YouTube ads and stuff like that, which is which has brought some results, but you know it's like a trying to figure out like what works best us because mm. I think some certain certain businesses are are more suited to certain platforms. I think one hundred percent, yeah. Like we kind of touched on and LinkedIn and stuff like that, right? Which yep. I think we're leaning towards, but we need to figure out what's working because we were we were talking about Facebook and Facebook groups, and then we did research on Facebook groups, and it's. Amazon Facebook groups, I mean, and there it's a huge amount of freight forwarding companies and Amazon Chinese and Indian Amazon sellers. So there's a lot of a lot of crap to kind of wave through there. 
Well, so yeah, they, they, they fucking flooded that market because yeah. I remember back in 2015 when the sort of Facebook, Amazon groups were starting. Um, and there would be like, let's say 5,000 people, 500 people or 1,000 people. And that's how I got a lot of our early customers was just jumping in there and like answering questions. Yeah. And then people would be like, oh, who is this guy? Why does he know about this? But when I checked those groups, like, three four years later oh my god it was just like fully like you know trading companies oh man madness <laughs> just... like madness yeah the mountain the mountain uh direct e- uh, dms that i got from fucking like chinese freight forwarding companies was, yeah there was hundreds of them and it's the same oh i'm a freight forwarding logistics person do you ship it in china like i don't know how any of them make business there's so many of them but yeah, no, it's 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 a bit swamped by all of that stuff. Um, there was something I was going to touch on there. What um, you with the with the Apollo stuff? Like even I was listening to a podcast earlier on. Is the diary of, C- of a CEO with a guy called Charlie Slot? Yeah, who's like, have you heard of Charlie Slot? Uh, is he is he the DJ? DJ, yeah, 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 yeah. That's right. Yeah, he does like the freestyles with some uh, UK rappers and and sometimes American rappers and stuff. So yeah, he's got this thing called Fire in a Boots. Yes, yeah. Uh, actually, actually, uh, you should have you seen the one that he did with Drake? No, I haven't seen it yet. I I'd never even heard of the guy um, <laughs> before, to be honest. And I'm a big hip hop fan. Um, not a massive UK hip hop fan, but big hip hop fan. But he he licenses it to Apple now, so mm. he owns the he owns the whole the IP and he'd made it on BBC, but BBC didn't really back him or did they didn't back him. So he left the BBC and, and licensed it to Apple. But he um he has a, a vodka company called AU Vodka and he was trying to start his own vodka company and then came across these guys on Instagram who sent him a DM and he messaged them and got on a phone call with them, two lads from Wales. And he just felt there was a perfect match. And bought into their business and they've grown this business that did 80 million pounds this year, I think, or last year. And they're at a valuation of 800 million. So it's things like that. And I went on to Apollo and stuck in AU Vodka, just a list of the CEO, the COO, and all these people that you can now potentially reach out directly to. Now, cold emailing is hard because there's so many factors to it. So again, huge amount of it's timing. So you've got to get that person in a good mood at the right time with the right that there's some issue going on. So if you're talking about packaging, for instance, which I'll go to them about, they have to be in the right frame of mind when they open that email and go, oh, God, yeah, packaging could really elevate our brands. And this is mm-hmm. it's the right time. Right. And that's the few responses I've gotten so far. One guy came back and was like, this is great to know you guys are there. And then two days later, he came to me going, oh, perfect timing. We're, we're, we're launching a new product and we need to look at get pricing in for packaging. So uh, I think a huge amount of it's timing and that bit of luck that you get them in the, in the, in the right mood, but yeah, it's just a, it's a cool, it's a cool tool to have. What is your sales approach in general? Like when it comes to finding new, uh, new clients? Well, a lot of the recent stuff has all been LinkedIn slash word of mouth. So people, yeah, people like, I think it's really important that your, that your, your cover page and your LinkedIn is, is nice and clear. And, and again, it's, a lot of it's experience, right? So you build up doing deals and being in articles and trying to build brands and putting out the right content all the time that when people do go onto it, they look at it and go, okay, cool. This guy knows what he's talking about. So yeah, a lot of it recently has been through there. That's why I think LinkedIn ads could be good for us 
and it's that kind of personal brand that you have to decide like that that you have and that I have to off the side of SFA but then it's just yeah it's just really I just like when I talk about my family history and that I've been in the business for 15 years and going to China for for that long and having that knowledge behind me like starting earned athletic and failing with earned and learning all things that I've learned from there um on how to how to start and run a business so that's been the that's been the kind of main thing and that's the sales pitch is just that experience um, yeah. and that knowledge that 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 we have when you're working for your parents company were you doing sales there as well or um yeah I was doing a bit of sales I was more sort of on the sourcing side of the business but I was dealing with clients now I was much younger um <laughs> why is that effective i just think it's hard when you're dealing with people older than you and you've no experience and it's a bit of a why do i want to deal with you type of attitude from their side of things <laughs> um and i always struggled a bit in ireland with it it was always just a bit i don't know i just i wasn't myself when i was dealing with customers in ireland mm-hmm. uh, like it's just a different do you think it's like a cultural thing it's just, I don't know, it was just hard. It was, it was, but maybe it was just an inexperienced youth thing where like I, I found it hard to talk to them and relate. I think business has changed a lot in the last 10 or 15 years as well. But again, it was like, I grew up in this attitude in Ireland for, for me to win or for, for, yeah, for me to win, you have to lose. And it was always trying to get the best of someone rather than a win-win situation. And then a lot of very like just who's this young guy type of thing. Who does he think he is? And yeah, why should you listen to him? Like that type of attitude. So, but I I I do think a lot of it is down to down to experience. Yeah, I was just interested because like uh, I think uh, like for me, for example, I um I've been doing sales in general since I was I don't know since I was a teenager because I worked in my mom's shop as a salesperson and then um all of my jobs throughout college were sales related. So it's just a, for me, I didn't really read so much about sales or study about sales or whatever, besides the stuff in school and maybe a few podcasts. And I did read Jordan Belford's book at some stage, <laughs> which I don't know how people feel about that, but it's a, it's a good book. Listen, he wasn't a bad salesman. He was not a bad salesman. Yeah. So you take the, well, I read the book. After he came out of jail, so that, that's the good version of his yeah. life, right? Not not the Wolf of Wall Street. It's been pretty so, successful since he came out of jail as well. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, he's been doing all these learning seminars and all that stuff. Started yeah. started another business, like things like that. But yeah, and of course, the popularity from the movie just escalated the amount of money that he was making. Yeah. So I mean, he's clearly great movie. Great movie. One of my favorites. Yeah, great. Uh, so he's clearly like, um, you know, he's clearly uh, knows how to operate a business and sell uh, sell, sell things. But yeah. yeah, for me, it was more like um, the experience that I had selling uh, suits and selling, I was selling books. I was selling like, what else? Like women's clothing as well <laughs> at nice. some stage. Yeah, that was fun because I was the only guy working in the store. So <laughs> I was just surrounded by women all day, <laughs> and I was, I was, you know, a very delicate balance because there were customers that would come in sometimes just to see me. Like if I wasn't at the store because I was at school, 
they'll be like, where's Rico? And it's like, he's at, he's in class. Like he's going like, to, then they'll be like, oh, okay, I'll come back later. <laughs> and then there was one lady I remember who used to ask me to like, she should go and do her like uh, and stuff. And then she would ask me to come and like check, but she wanted me to come into like the ladies area fitting room, which for me, I was like, I'm, I'm not supposed to be in that area. You yeah. know what I mean? So it was, yeah, it was a delicate balance of being a good salesperson and at the same time, you know, not crossing any boundaries. So honing, honing your skills. <laughs> I'm, I'm not going to, that was probably my favorite job that I had <laughs> in, in my life when I was working for other people. That was, it was a fun experience, but so, yeah, it's just like, I, I've been doing sales. I was doing sales since I was like 14, 15 until uh even with sfa i was doing the sales until um three years ago so almost like 10 years plus yeah so so it's just kind of like a skill that for, for me is the sales that i do is more uh maybe not cold email outreach and things like that but like it's more in this in the vein of like i'm good on the phone type of thing yeah and it's it's such an important skill like it's like most most of business there has to be some aspect of sales, like unless you're, I don't know, coding or whatever it is. But there's, 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 it's if, if you're gonna run a business, you have to be able to sell. Yeah. What I always find interesting about uh, SFA sales, like the incoming leads, is a lot of times they've already consumed like our content and things like that, so they're coming in already warm, right? Mm. And it's really just about seeing if I'm a real person on the phone it's not necessarily about like trying to understand sfa because they already understand sfa from from consuming content yeah so like uh yeah it's always an interesting process and then people always want typically to for you for you to give a breakdown of their project you know like how you would approach their project yeah. type of thing. and 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 it's almost like a formality like those those calls that i had in the past yeah, but I mean, like, they're looking for you to show your experience, right? So they know what you're talking about. Yeah. But the bigger companies, is a little, it's a little bit different. The bigger companies tend to be, tend to maybe not fully know about your business and stuff like that. And then their approach is more like wanting to understand more about what you do, your capabilities, um, all that stuff. And then not during COVID times, but like before COVID, I always ended up meeting one of the employees in person. Like, I don't remember any client that was like in the six figure, seven figure range uh, in terms of their revenue and stuff. Plus, who I never met, I, I didn't meet one of, one of their employees in person. Yeah. You know, so I think it's super important for them for sure. Because I mean, they're being courted by multiple companies. And um, for them, it's like, okay, we need to actually physically meet these people, yeah. see the real, see their offices, things like but that. People want to do business with people they like as well. Yeah, exactly. That's another thing. Yeah. And then, of course, I would end up whining and dining. Actually, that's one of the things I miss the most about being in China. Bribing people. Whining and dining. <laughs> because, like, I, I found, like, I basically started to copy the Chinese uh, business people's methods in some, some aspects. So, like, there was one guy called Tiger. Did you did you ever meet Tiger or talk to Tiger? And I remember, I remember... Obviously, the name, but no, I never met him. 
So yeah, he lived in Guangzhou. Um, he's an older Chinese guy. He was probably like in his forties. Oh, sorry, I did meet him. I met him in your office. Yeah, uh, he was like probably you know the Chinese version of you, except older. <laughs> <laughs> like so, we were working together for probably three years, four years plus. Okay. Um, and uh, you know, he's a good dude, everything, but he would take me to specific like restaurants and stuff like that, and he would like kind of tell me how he operates in terms of dealing with his clients and stuff like that. Yeah. And I started to take people to the same restaurants because one thing I noticed was that we were going to super fancy Chinese restaurants, but it was not expensive. Yeah. It was like it was like like we would go and have like a feast for like fifty to a hundred dollars. So I was going to say, what, what's the process? I have way too much food and then as many shots drinks. as possible. Yeah, exactly. All that yeah. stuff. So we would go and have a feast for like $100, including drinks. The, China, the Chinese playbook. And I was like, man, this is, I was like, this is fantastic. So like what I would do is when we had some of our larger clients come in, I would take them to those restaurants because those restaurants, are, you can't find them on Google. Like you you. You yeah. won't magically find them. Some of them yeah. were in five-star hotels and you wouldn't even know. So I would take them there and have the feast, pay for the dinner, and then they would be amazed by <laughs> the outlay and everything. And it was like, that definitely feeds into the sales process for sure. 100, but I also think I also think you can do it the other way. So go into like local, local places. Like in Hong Kong, we had a long-time family friend, a guy called Tony Chung, and when my dad started business, he was operating with this um, trading house in Hong Kong. And Tony started working for the trainee, trading house and we were his first customer. But he yeah. came to visit us in our house in Ireland. And I play, like I used to play Lego with him when I was like three and then like play table tennis with him. And he was unbelievable at table tennis. He had to serve that none of us could return. Mm. But when and I used to always see him when I come to Hong Kong. But sadly, he passed away when I just moved here about six years ago. But he used to bring us to these, like, you go to this hot pot over in Kowloon and you go, like, down this side alley and up this stairs and you'd have to duck down because the ceiling was hanging down in one part and they'd have the local soap opera on TV and bottles of beer and ice buckets and everyone screaming and shouting at each other and the food is amazing. But the experiences, and he'd always bring all the guaylos, all the white people there. And our, we'd go to a place where you're sitting on plastic seats on the side of a street corner and the food is just like spicy chicken uh, kind of hot pot. Again, amazing. And it's like the places you don't go unless you're Chinese. Yeah, exactly. Um, and it's the it's the other end, but it's like people love that stuff when customers and clientele love that stuff rather than going to like some fancy Western restaurant that they can go to when, wherever they live. Yeah, it's, exactly. It's, it's, it's really cool, I think. Yeah, no, I think it's, it's yeah, for sure both sides are, are are valid because like but um those places were uh, not western restaurants just to be clear yeah 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 no no i, I know i know exactly the type you're talking about and it's yep. it's it's that you don't you sit down and the whole menu's ordered and they're bringing out full chickens and full fish and like yeah, it's yeah, unbelievable yeah. feast hot pot and everything like that yeah. it's like and you're just like how is how is this not like Five hundred dollars, like yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so much food, so many drinks. But I also, I mean, I I loved that as well. Like when I first moved to China, uh, I used to go to places like what you described, mainly because like I was 
not making that much money at the time and and also just i was trying to explore so it's like i think people like when it comes to sales people like an adventure they want to they want to do something that they are were not capable of doing by, by themselves you know mm. yeah yeah 100%. Yeah. all right is there anything else that you wanted to touch on no nothing else from my side all right, guys, thanks for tuning in to the Made in China podcast. Again, check out our Discord. It's firstmyasia.com slash Discord. Link will be in the description below. And uh, yeah, like we're doing a lot of cool stuff there. We're doing watch alongs. We have a growing community. And, um, you know, Alan's in there as well. He's creating uh, content. We have, we have the AMAs, ABAs, AAs, uh, all that stuff. So if you have questions about your own projects, you can drop them in Discord and uh, one of us will be able to answer that. So check that out and I'll catch you guys next week. Cheers, Dan. It's up to you. Bring, bring you. Love is nothing like